This is Generation Justice, a multimedia project that trains youth to harness the power of media. I'm Kateri Zuni. Tonight, we are turning our attention to our Mother Earth. The nuclear waste storage management company Holtec International has plans to implement a nuclear waste storage facility near Carlsbad and Hobbs, New Mexico. Leona Morgan and Eileen Shaughnessy of the Nuclear Issues Study Group here in Albuquerque are two environmental justice activists and organizers who are working towards keeping Holtec out of New Mexico and the surrounding areas. Now, media justice intern Kenya Alonso speaks with Leona Morgan and Eileen Shaughnessy. This is Kenya Alonzo at Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Leona Morgan and Eileen Shaughnessy, New Mexican environmental justice organizers and activists, and co-founders of the Nuclear Issues Study Group. Leona, Eileen, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you. Hi, thanks for having us. Will you tell us more about yourselves and some of the activism work you have done lately? Yes, um, so Eileen and I co-founded the group and we actually just celebrated our two-year anniversary. Uh, we started in June 2016. And I have been doing a lot of work around uranium mining since 2007, off and on. And more recently, I've been more focused on the whole nuclear fuel chain since 2012. And I saw a real need for this type of organization. So Eileen and I, we were talking about it for a couple years before we started organizing. But um, yeah, so now we're here today and doing a lot of work on different parts of the fuel chain in New Mexico specifically. Yeah. And um, I'm also an educator. I teach at UNM. I'm not speaking in that capacity today, um, but I feel that education around these issues is very important. And I'm a musician as well. And so in our group, we actually bring in art and creativity into the work that we do. Right. Cool. Thank you. Uh, could you give us the story of the Holtec nuclear storage project and the role that New Mexico plays? Yes, it is not a good story so far, unfortunately. So Holtec International is a company that um, has put forth a proposal to bring around 10,000 canisters um, or over 100,000 metric tons of high-level spent nuclear fuel, which is, um, this is waste from nuclear power plants from around the country. So there's about 100 sites. A lot of them are on the East Coast, some are on the West Coast, and they would be transported on, tra on trains and rails primarily and taken to New Mexico, specifically a site um, between Carlsbad and Hobbs. And it's just north of the WIP site, if you're familiar with that, which is the waste isolation pilot plant. Um, but essentially, one of the reasons, and I know we're going to get into this, that this plan is so dangerous and risky um, is the fact that New Mexico um, does not have any power plants. So it's it's ridiculous, we think, that um, there's a proposal for us to take all of this waste when, in fact, we have not benefited from the power at all. And just to back up a little bit, uh, we as a state have already been inundated by nuclear activities since 1945. Um, I'd like to actually just let folks know that July 16th was the anniversary of the, the Trinity test. That was the first nuclear explosion in the world, and it was here in New Mexico. And uh, during that time, there was a lot of uranium mining too. So New Mexico has gone through a boom 
cycle of uranium mining from the 50s to the 80s, which has left us hundreds of abandoned uranium mines. And uh, this was all for weapons. So the use of uranium for electricity, because Holtec is proposing a waste site for waste from power plants, um, that didn't start until the 70s. So all of the mining that occurred was mostly for bombs. But um, just to get back on track to talk about Holtec, the nuclear power plants in this country didn't come online until the 70s. And so at that time, the United States, they had no idea what to do with the waste. And so they created this Nuclear Waste Policy Act. And then later they created this thing called Waste Confidence, which was this idea that nuclear waste could be safely stored in some permanent way, but they knew they didn't know how. So they, they said they were confident that they will come up with a solution in the future. So this was in the 70s, and they set themselves some deadlines that they kept pushing back and pushing back. And so not until Obama's uh, administration, this was like 30, 40 years later, they finally came up with some idea called consent-based siting. So this means that the community consents to the siting of holding this waste. And so the NRC, which is the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, they use this idea that the Department of Energy created called consent-based siting. And they say that New Mexico consents to taking this waste because Governor Martinez wrote a letter saying that we do. And the local company Holtec is working with is made up of elected officials from the southeast called Eddie Lee Energy Alliance or ALIA. And so because it's a local company that invited Holtec, the NRC says and the DOE says we consent. On top of that, there's a huge issue that occurred in 2016. The state legislature um, on the House side and the Senate side both passed memorials that support this project. We were at the legislature earlier this year in January to educate and inform our elected officials that we do not consent to this. And a lot of them admitted they didn't know what they were agreeing to when they passed these memorials because the application for Holtec wasn't made public. It's still not entirely public online. Um, there's a lot of uh, pages of the application that have been redacted. but. A lot of the information was not available until March 2017. So Governor Martinez and the legislature and, and Aaliyah, they actually didn't have the full story until last year. And so our group, along with many others, we, get, we work with several folks nationally and statewide, and we have a lot of help from folks and experts, and we had compiled a lot of information to inform the elected officials the true impact to the state, which Eileen was talking about, 10,000 canisters of waste that could be stored here. And the idea is Holtec is proposing this as a temporary site for 40 years, but they could extend their license for two, uh, two more 40-year periods, which would total 120 years. And so they're saying it's temporary, but we know if they even move one canister here, it could possibly become permanent. Wow. Now, Holtec says that the storage of these materials is safe. Can you tell us what the dangers are that our community should be aware of? Well, uh, first of all, this is the highest level of radioactive waste created from the fuel chain. Eileen mentioned WIP earlier. WIP is about 12 to 15 miles south of the site. And when they proposed WIP, WIP is a transuranic waste from weapons. 
and they said it would be safe for 10,000 years. But we all know there was a fire and an accident within only 15 years of WIP. So the first thing I think is the risk. Um, it's not safe for anybody along the transport route. And that's one of the biggest issues is we're concerned not just about our backyard, but it's a national issue because they would be transporting this stuff by rail. And this this type of waste, it's so dangerous that if someone were to come in contact with this, say like about a meter away, um, unshielded, it can be fatal. And so the company and the government are saying the containers are really good because they're keeping the waste um, isolated at the sites and that they would put these containers in a, a bigger cask and that all of these things have been tested and that they're all safe to keep the radiation in and that they're not going to leak and they're not going to break and that kind of thing. But we know that some of these canisters, Holtec also makes the canisters. So they're the same company that makes the canisters. The canisters, we're saying, do have some release of radioactivity. And at some of the sites, some of these canisters are degrading and they are cracked. And so we're very concerned about the technology of the canisters, the transport, but also if they move it to New Mexico, this site, the application, the plan that they've submitted is for a temporary storage facility. However, we're concerned that this temporary design might become a permanent site that's not designed for permanent isolation. So there's several flaws with the design such that we're concerned that if a canister did arrive that was cracked, there is no place on site that could repackage that canister. So all of the packaging of this waste is done at the reactor site by robotics. These are just some of the concerns. Um, I think the obvious concerns are if there were an accident, if there were to be some type of um, terrorist activity on site, any release of radioactivity either in transport or during storage, I think the first concern for a lot of us is the health of our local people and the people along the transport routes. And then, of course, the environment. Um, we're also concerned uh, for the different water bodies of water, um, the animals, the plants. And then as an indigenous person, this transport could happen along uh, the because it's by rail. It could happen coming from the west along I-40, which um, both pass by two sacred mountains to our Diné people. So the mountains, San Francisco Peaks and Flagstaff, Dokoslid or Tzotzil, uh, which is Mount Taylor in New Mexico, I am also concerned as an indigenous person what could happen to our sacred places. And that's not not even mentioning all of the sacred places across the country and, and homelands of indigenous peoples. Leona just covered so much of our concerns, and um, there really are many. Um, but one thing I just want to add is that um, the way this gets framed often is that New Mexico is empty, that it's barren land, and specifically the southeast, that it's a sacrifice zone. Um, and frankly, this is a racist notion for a state that is a minority-majority state. And um, as Leona just said, it, it does impact indigenous people and peoples of color um, more negatively. Um, so that has to be taken into consideration. And also what has to be taken into consideration, as Leona said, is the cumulative impact of the nuclear 
industry on our state already. So the whip accident that happened in 2014, um, you know, they've said that that would never happen and it happened. So we know the unthinkable happens. And, and the other thing to keep in mind here is this has never been done before ever. Moving this this level, this volume of high-level spent nuclear fuel across the entire nation, um, it is important to be cautious. And I'll just say one more thing. There's a there's a concept in environmental justice work called the precautionary principle. And essentially what that means is it's, it's, it's kind of like a kindergarten level concept, but it's really important, which is that you don't do something, introduce a new toxin, a new product without proving that it's not harmful to the health of our communities um, instead of the other way around, introducing something and then through, you know, testimony of the people realizing that it's harmful. So this does not pass the precautionary principle. Holtec has not proven that this is not harmful to our communities. How are projects like these specifically affecting indigenous or rural communities? Well, Eileen did mention some of this too earlier. We um, were definitely concerned as a rural state about these impacts and being targeted um, we feel that New Mexico is targeted because of our low population. Um, as an indigenous person, I know there's a, a lot of targeting that has occurred uh, nationwide when when it's dealing with these types of activities because uh, it's a form of racism, and this is nothing new. We've seen this with what was um, first proposed decades ago in the what's called a monitored retrievable storage um, proposal that nuclear waste could be stored on indigenous lands. And so they did try to do this a long time ago. And it's just a little bit of history repeating itself. It just shows that the federal government, they are still targeting our peoples, going back to, you know, manifest destiny and westward expansion. With the uranium mining, um, the 1872 mining law was something that was specifically targeted at white settler colonialism to to pave a path to legalize the theft of our land. And in New Mexico, it's not just indigenous peoples. Down in that region, there's a lot of uh, Hispanic folks, um, Chicano communities, and also a pretty large black population in Hobbs. So, you know, like we said, it's a form of environmental racism. Okay, thank you. What can community members do in this moment? So, yeah, there's a lot that folks can do, actually. Um, the biggest thing right now that we're focusing on is collecting comments and letters um, for this certain comment period that the NRC has opened up for the public to basically give input. So that goes until July 30th. And it, that was actually an extension, par partly due to pressure that we put on them. Um, there's a couple places that people can go to get information. One place is if you search on Facebook, Halt Hold tech. You can find information about the letter and meetings and comments. And then also nonuclearwaste.org has information about this proposal and ways that folks can get involved. And I do want to just put in one point here that I think is really important, um, which is that there has been immense resistance to this. So there were five public meetings um, held by the NRC, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, all across New Mexico. And at every one of those meetings, the opposition and concern um, and questions about this project were overwhelmingly, you know, higher than people speaking out supporting it. 
And the people speaking out supporting it were usually people that were had invested interest in it. And there's people in the southeast who are working in oil and gas industries and ranching industries that are speaking out against it because they're concerned about how it's going to impact their livelihoods. Um, there's also been resolutions, actually, that have been passed banning the transport of high-level nuclear waste. Bernalillo County, um, the Albuquerque City Council, overwhelmingly um, people are speaking out against this, and um, that needs to be known. And anyone else in the state or anywhere in the country, people can oppose this formally through their their city councils, their county commissions, their whatever their PTA, you know, their churches. We encourage everyone to take some type of formal stance against this. Um, the transport alone will impact a lot of folks across the country and any type of opposition, we really encourage folks to formalize on paper and then submit to the Nuclear Regulatory Commission before July 30th. Also, it's an election year. We encourage everyone to be educated on all the candidates and we really hope folks will raise this question of bringing nuclear waste, this type of waste, to our state because Holtec is one issue but there's also another site right across the state line called WCS. Waste Control Specialist is proposing the same thing, but it's to a smaller degree. And we want folks to raise these concerns to all the candidates because the governor, whoever takes the seat, will have a strong role to play and could actually help us to defeat it. Thanks. Is there anything else that you would like to add? You know, one one piece of information I'd like to add is just kind of the larger picture here about nuclear waste, because that's what we're talking about. Um, this is something that um, is created whether we're building nuclear weapons or we're creating power um, via fission, right? And we do not have an answer for it. We don't have a solution. So basically, we're creating something without responsibly knowing how to safely care for it and keep it safe um, for future generations because um, many of these radionuclides are radioactive and hazardous for generations, you know, for thousands, sometimes millions of years. So um, really what needs to happen is we need to stop creating this waste. We need to stop creating power this way. It's not sustainable. And we need to certainly stop creating weapons in a world where we need to be moving towards peace and harmony and a sustainable way of life. Yeah, and I think everyone in our group, we definitely believe in stopping the entire nuclear fuel chain. We want to dismantle this nuclear beast from uranium mining to weapons and nuclear energy because of the waste that it creates that's going to live a lot longer than all of us. And I just want to say thank you to everyone in our group. I want to say thank you to Generation Justice for having us on on your show. It's really important that folks get all sides of the story, and I encourage folks to educate themselves on every issue because we know that not all forms of media are truthful or tell both sides of the situation, and sometimes that can really mislead people. And I wanted to point out that our group is volunteer-based. None of us are getting paid to do this. We're all doing it because of the love of our, our state and our people, and it's really not for us. It's for our future generations. And because we're volunteers, we could really use some support. Um, we're not a funded group, and we take donations. And please message us on Facebook or email us at protect 
newmexico at gmail.com. And we meet once a month at the Center for Peace and Justice. We invite everybody to come. We have public meetings every first Wednesday of the month starting at 7 p.m. So our next one is August 1st, 7 p.m. at the Center for Peace and Justice. And we really appreciate all the support out there and public involvement from everyone to help us to dismantle the nuclear beast. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I just want to thank you both for taking the time to come here and sit with us and educate us. And I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing. It's so important. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. This is Kenya Alonzo with Generation Justice. Thank you so much, Eileen and Leona, for joining us at Generation Justice and for sharing about the work that you do to fight nuclear waste and environmental racism here in New Mexico. To share any of your concerns on this issue, you can visit regulations.gov and search Holtec. That's www.regulations.gov and search Holtec, H-O-L, T-E-C. Folks may also know Eileen as lead singer of the band Eileen and the In-Betweens. Here is their song, Keep It in the Ground. We've come to the end of another hour of resistance for our Mother Earth. We would like to thank our guests, Leona Morgan and Eileen Shaughnessy of the Nuclear Issues Study Group. And thank you to our interviewer, 17-year-old Kenya Alonzo. Production assistance came from Roberta Rael. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers because we could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Generation Justice is active on social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the McCune Foundation, Konalma Health Foundation, the Albuquerque Community Foundation, and of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. And next you'll hear World Go Round by No Doubt, Nothing But Flowers by Talking Heads, and After the Gold Rush by Neil Young. I'm Katerie Zuni, and coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock.
dreamed I saw the knights in armor come and saying something about a queen. There were peasants.